grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. At Christmas, we see God is in the manger. So here he is, a newborn, among the filth in a place where animals dwell, having no place to lay his head other than that vehicle used by animals to eat and to drink. God is in the manger, just as he had been in the womb of the Virgin since his conception by the Holy Spirit. He is there, just as he would be held in her arms, just as Joseph would lead Mary and take Jesus to Egypt as a king sent men to try to kill him. God is there just as later when he was visited by the Magi who fell down and worshipped before his feet. He is there just as he grew up in the small, dinky town of Nazareth and then traveled around preaching, teaching, and healing. He is there just as he would stand before a Roman governor, be condemned to death, be tortured, suffer, and die among criminals. He is there just as he rose from the dead and appeared to the disciples. God is man, man to deliver. And the Son now is one with our blood forever. God is in the manger. But you see, it's the same God who did all of these things because God is he who is Emmanuel, God with us. The place of God is the place whereby he saves his people. That's who God is. It's what he does. And our only way of knowing the true God is to see Christ, who is God in the flesh. So to behold Jesus is to see God who came down from his heavenly throne in order to fulfill God's law perfectly, in order to suffer God's wrath against sin, and die to satisfy that righteous anger in the place that we deserve, and then rise from the dead for our justification. So it's really not that complicated in terms of what the scriptures reveal to us. God is in the manger, and that is to see the Savior of the world. Christmas, then, isn't something to be messed with. But our attitude is to be like the shepherds in the Christmas story, who amid all this fear and trembling were comforted by God's word. And then they went to where the Lord was to be found. And that's something to behold in and of itself. So for you sitting here tonight, it's a dangerous thing. Sitting in these pews before you is something different than sitting at the bleachers at a football game. It's different than sitting in the seats at a concert or even as you rest in the, your living room of your home. It's far more serious than that. Because God, just as he was in the manger, he's here even now. Now granted, God is everywhere and fills all things, but he makes himself known through his word and sacraments. So this very instant, you are coming into contact with the living God as you hear his word read and preached to you. So where is God? Well, he may no longer be in the manger, but he's right here, and he's in your midst. So what's your response to all of this? Is this a thing of comfort, or is this a thing to be feared? Well, the answer is, yeah, it's both of those things. The first response of the proclamation of Christmas we see in the shepherds 
And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. So all of our notions in our minds about what we think about God means, mean absolutely nothing in the grand scheme of things. We can talk a big talk about how we think God is and operates. And then it's another thing when we actually are confronted with his word and he tells us who he is. So here these shepherds were minding their own business until the angel of the Lord appeared to them. And it scared the living daylights out of them. Coming into contact with shepherds is a scary thing. Not shepherds, well, maybe they were smelly. That's scary. But with angels, is a scary thing. So what were they told? Fear not, but told to pay attention to what had happened and then where the Lord was to be found. So there is a right fear, a right reverence we are to have to see God for who he is and what he says. Because in our sin, we walk in darkness and we grope through this world trying to latch on to whatever we think will open our eyes. We try to cling to whatever we think will make us feel good about our lives, our decisions, and our actions. We want to be told it's okay. We want to be affirmed in who we are and what we think. But when we do that, we buy into the lies of the world, the devil, and our own fallen flesh. They want absolutely nothing more than to silence God or to have a God that can be molded and shaped into our image. We want a God we don't have to fear, one whose presence can just be like a friend cheering us on on the sidelines, or like that nice, warm, and fuzzy feeling you get when you're sitting at home by the fire. God is in the manger, and he is the same God who is here now and who says in Hebrews, for if we go on sinning deliberately after receiving the knowledge of the truth, there's no, there no longer remains a sacrifice for sins, but a fearful expectation of judgment and a fury of fire that will consume the adversaries. Anyone who has set aside the law of Moses dies without mercy on the evidence of two or three witnesses. How much worse punishment do you think will be deserved by the one who has trampled underfoot the Son of God and has profaned the blood of the covenant by which he was sanctified and has outraged the spirit of grace? For we know him who said, vengeance is mine, I will repay, and again, the Lord will judge his people. It is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. So the God who was in the manger is the same God who will take vengeance on those who have rejected him. The God who will make them a footstool for his feet on the last day. So there's no amount of deflecting, denying, or changing this fact. This is who this baby is. And Christmas is this reality that is seen that God has come down to earth and that he's come among sinners. The baby who is God in the manger is the one who will come again to judge the living and the dead as we confess in the creeds. The God who will judge us. So normally, a baby isn't one to be feared, but this baby is the one who has the authority to cast you into hell. And so we fear God. And he calls us to a new life that is not formed according to the patterns of this world but instead trains us, as we heard in that reading from Titus, to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age. So God is in the manger. God is here now. Listen to him.
The beginning of Jesus's ministry in the Gospels started off by him saying, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. God's kingdom has come. And it's here even now, even as he comes again on the last day, and all flesh have been raised, either to eternal condemnation or eternal glory. So on this night, you see God is in the manger. God is here. And for us who belong to Christ, as Christians, we see this is a thing of great comfort. Because to behold Jesus in faith is to see him as the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. It's to take heart his preaching and believe his words of law and cling to the words of the gospel as our only hope. In repentance and faith, we hear the words of the angel and we rejoice. For unto you is born in this day a city of David, a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. So as Christians, your attitude toward this is like that of the shepherds after they heard this message. They give you an example of what the Christian faith looks like and how it's lived. If anyone ever asks you, what does it look like to be a Christian, point them to Luke 2 with the shepherds. It wasn't, let's run away. It wasn't, let's keep tending our flocks because we're feeding and clothing Bethlehem with these sheep, so it's more important that we continue with our jobs than going to where Jesus is found. No, it was something else. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning the child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. So that right there is what the Christian life looks like. We who hear this message of Christmas. It hears God's word and it says, Amen, Lord. I will go where you say. I will find you where you say you are to be found because you are the Savior who is Christ the Lord. And from this I will confess who you are before all the world. God is in the manger and he tell you, tells you tonight that he was there for you. The purpose of God taking on human flesh was for the purpose that he could die and atone for your sin. And he's done just that. We sang a few minutes ago, see the lamb, our sin once taking, to the cross, suffering loss, full atonement making. For our life his own he tenders, and his grace all our race, fit for glory renders. So Jesus is the Lord who then, who is far greater than anyone can imagine, or try to turn Christmas into, however nice it may appear. This is your Lord who says to you this night, I have come down from heaven in order that your sin is forgiven, in order that you would be with me forever, in order that you would be rescued from death. And so the great lengths of God's love towards you in Christ are known in Jesus and his life, his death and resurrection. So when you look and you see God in the manger, you know God's love and that he has died for you a sinner. Because Jesus came for you as your redeemer. Christmas can't be separated from Good Friday and Easter. All of them go together. Because it's all God in the flesh accomplishing your salvation. The manger, the cross, and the empty tomb are all in the same picture as you gather and what a sight this is. And this is what the angels proclaim to the shepherds and what you have even as you sit here this very night. Softly from his lowly manger, Jesus calls one and all, you are safe from danger. Children from the sins that grieve you, you are freed 
All you need, I will surely give you. God is at work, even now. And so repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. The heavens have opened up, and Jesus was incarnate by the Holy Spirit and then born into this world darkened by sin. The light of the world has come. God dwells in the depths because he has rescued you from sin, death, and the devil. And you who dwell in darkness have seen a great light. Your life has been redeemed by Christ. So be like these shepherds. Keep running to where your Lord is found in humble settings. Follow as he guides through you, you through his word. The grace of God has appeared. The fullness of time has come. The day is won. God is in the manger. Glory to God in the highest. Come then, banish all your sadness. One and all, great and small, come with songs of gladness. We shall live with him forever, there on high, in that joy which will vanish never. Amen.